time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi. A project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, after receiving a mysterious distress call, The Batch tracks it to a secret facility. There will be... Tis but a flesh wound! Board part is done with the Kaminoans. And Hunter makes a sacrifice. We're talking about the Bad Batch episode 14, War Mantle, this week. How you doing, Chris? War Mantle. War Mantle. Oh, man. I am so it's much a better. It's metal than... band. Is it really? Be... Oh, it is. It is a metal band, isn't it? I I don't know. I'm just... I, 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 it, it has to be. It War has to be. Mantle band. Uh, it's not everything that's coming up. Maybe it's just my Google search is tailored. Um, but everything that's coming up is about the Bad Batch episode. But my my Google search might be tailored because uh, War Mantle music. Uh, and the first thing that came up was Kevin Kiner's soundtrack to to the episode. <laughs> So, all right, maybe it's not a band. Oh boy, Chris, I am, I am so much better than the last time we talked. For 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 anybody who listened to the last episode, where I was just like, yeah, it's just a cold. No, it wasn't a cold. I had COVID. I was. I actually, I mean, Chris hasn't like recorded in like two weeks. <laughs> so zero for ten would recommend COVID. It's horrible and it sucks. But I'm great now. And I'm all ready for Jay guys' goodness. Yay! I had a lot of sleep last night. <laughs> rested up. She's oh, rested yeah. up, folks. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It's... COVID was Canned like... and rested. COVID was like the fever and the soreness and fatigue of the flu paired with the worst sinus infection I ever had on top of a minor stomach virus. And what was interesting was it was different every day. Cause like at first, like the first thing I got was like the fatigue. And so I just, I had just gotten back from like a thing over the weekend. So I just thought I was, I was tired from like going to see Game Grumps. I just thought I was tired. But then like I would nap and I would get worse. And then I started running a fever. And then the next day is like when the sinus part of it hit me. And it was and I was like, oh, I must have a sinus infection. And I think that was when we recorded on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I was like every time I ate, I would get just stomach cramps, like really bad stomach cramps. And like I, and it, just, it changed. And, like I had my coughing day where it was just coughing. Like that was the issue. Like I could not stop coughing. And so it was interesting because it was it would change every day. But like and then oh, it was so weird. And it took me well over a week. Like all, most of my symptoms were gone, but I still had to get my energy back up where. And so like I had to like walk a little bit more every day. Like um, I made a goal because like we have a we have a really steep driveway. So like I would like walk to the end of my driveway and back because it's a big hill. 
And, like, so I would walk it every day to get, like, a little bit more extra strength. And it got easier and easier. But, like, oh, man, it was it was rough. Does the, the, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it yeah, sucked. try to avoid it if you can. Yeah, wear masks. Keep wearing masks. Get your boosters, man. Like, it's... Oh, uh next with some revolutionary advice. <laughs> you know, that pandemic that we're still in? Yeah, it's still don't, going on, kids. Don't Ooh. catch it. Mm. Well, something else has happened since we last recorded, which is Kenobi has ended. Wrapped up. Yep. Yep. So give, w- without going, and, and just to make sure we're on the same page, like we're not going to talk like major spoilers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, famously, I was like, I'm, I was not a fan of it, of it happened. Like I was a fan of Kenobi with you and McGregor happening. Not a fan of it involving he and Darth Vader actually meeting, you know. I was, like, praying it would be sort of like maybe they were on some sort of parallel, you know, storyline and, and getting close to each other and and all that. But, um, no, it was obvious, like, that they were going to do it, you know, right from the, you know, the second episode. They let it out of the bag. And so... I was it, the continuity wise, it was always like keeping me a little off balance, but I had to wait till it was over to see if it all added up. And it, it doesn't all add up, but it all added up to a very enjoyable, agreeable to like my head, you know, my head canon of all of how I view the whole storyline that. I'm yeah, I was more than happy how it wrapped up. I thought it wrapped up as good as it, it possibly could. You know, Mm -hmm. I had a moment after I finished watching the finale where I kind of sat there for a while and I need to see the series again the whole way through to before I make this judgment, because everybody knows I've been very open about this. Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. It's my favorite live action. Kenobi might be my new favorite live action. And it might take that slot from Rogue One, even though like one's television, one's a movie and stuff like that. But like it might be my favorite like live action thing. And I even tweeted, I was like, do I, the animation loving queen, actually have Kenobi as like one of my favorite Star Wars? (laughs) Well, Kenobi hits the feels, you know, like Mandalorian really like perked up that this is very Star Warsy to me. But like in the in in uh, the last Jedi, like when I was in the movie theater, I was just like on the edge of my seat the whole time. And in this, it's almost like a fugue that I get into, like w- like being eight or ten or twelve or you know of each of like Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi age. That age when you would be like, it's like okay, it's happening, and then like hanging on every second of it just like what is gonna happen blah 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 and mandalorian was just sort of got the neato aspect of it but this had the this had that like it got me into that emotional space when it when it got me there and in that last episode you're almost always there yeah and i think uh, I, I think for me like um I, I mean I'm, I won't mince it like the execution of Kenobi isn't always the best but to no. me the story the characters and the themes are solid all the way through and and even just the acting, like in the I acting mean, you, 
Oh, okay. I thought you had something else. Um, And the other thing for me is how they took problems. And and I'm thinking one problem in particular, and I'm going to try and do this as delicately as I can to not give away spoilers. One of my, like, core problems I've always had since the original trilogy, all the way through Tross, is the idea that the only way you can get redemption is through death. And we've seen that starting to change in animation. Um, Callus is a very famous example. And even then, I talked at length when we covered Rebels, my issues with how they handled Callus's redemption, because it's almost there, but it's not perfect. Um, and I would say, like, Tam is another character, but even then, she's a different kind of character from Callus. Callus started as a villain. Tam was a hero who fell, who came back in resistance. And so they finally, in a live action Star Wars, throughout the window that the only way a character can have redemption is through death. And I loved that. And I'm like, finally, we're seeing this horrible trope that's been like deeply entrenched in Star Wars ever since Darth Vader's redemption get thrown out the window all the way through Ben Solo. Well, I think they have plans where... for that character. So, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I hope that character shows up in Andor. I think that would be a very interesting character in Andor, like a season two of Andor, I, I even then. But like, I like just how they just brought in new stories and it was just such a breath of fresh air and it, it did so much to connect the prequels to the original trilogy and made stuff in the in the sequel trilogy made sense. It said Padme rights. It said like it was so good. And like the the core being like the relationship of like Obi-Wan and Leia. Like there's I really loved it. And again, I need to watch the and my grande boyfriend. Oh my god, I gotta talk about my grande boyfriend for a second. Rupert Friend is so good as the Grand Inquisitor, that I am so sold on that man. And I'm so, like, like there's one moment where he has this, like, background shot in the final episode. And when I saw this shot, I just went, yes, that is animated grande right there. You can tell that Rupert Friend did his homework. Because <sighs> it's the sass, it's the look, it's the entire being that the Grand Inquisitor carries all throughout Rebels. And I was like, yes. And, and I think that it hit the, all the same notes that Rogue One hit for me, which was connecting the live action to animation. And I, this did this very well, too. Like, there were so many things from, like, animation as well. And, and another thing, like, the video games. Like, the whole, like, what, fourth episode was that Fortress Inquisitorious to the Jedi Fallen Order game and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, like, I... I loved it. I I can't. I, I it, like unlike Mando season two, which I'm kind of like bemoaning that we're gonna get to, and Book of Bet Boba Fett that I'm kind of bemoaning that we're gonna get to. Like I am so excited for us to eventually cover Kenobi. Like I want to cover Kenobi. It's so gonna go bad. by so fast. <laughs> yeah, like well, I I, I was kind of like tracking in my brain. Coming. Like we'll probably have Kenobi at the beginning of next year, roughly, because season two of Mando yeah. is like what ten episodes, and Book of Boba Fett's like eight. And then about that time, we'll be getting close to, like, our holiday stuff. We, we might get to Kenobi by the end of the year, but it just really depends on how the episodes fall. I, I'd have to do the math. But, like, I am excited, Chris. Like, I, I can't. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've been super excited to be able to cover, like, a live-action Star Wars on our show. And I'm just like, yes, let's it's, do uh, it. It's, 
it's funny what you, you like i take i like like i i especially like the the grande in the last episode because he was just like being all chewing the scenery mm-hmm. but he comes off to me as an like a, a in it like he reminds me of um in his 30s goth art guy who's who's kind of <laughs> creeps, creeps on creeps on the ladies and is kind of pretentious and like would be like would throw parties and stuff and you know come to my party and uh and uh, yeah he just totally that's the total vibe that i got off this this grande the actor and you know he came off as older than the the other i don't know he just yeah he just reminded me of like so, uh, a sort of uh, older older gothy creepy slash creepy guy it's he's basically a creepy guy a creepy uncle festery guy but he does the goth thing because he knows like i like the goth girls type <laughs> of guy i will say but, if you uh, want to hear me scream more about my grande boyfriend and in, in the show um by the time this episode comes out it's it's gonna be already done but um i'm going on our, our friend charles uh show that who constantly is giving us wonderful feedback um, I'm going to be on Gold Squadron Gaze tomorrow to talk about Kenobi, ah, and yeah. I already told him, I was like, Charles, you better carve me out like a good five-minute slot just to talk about my <laughs> Better give Hope a scream in some screaming space. And Charles is like, girl, I would expect nothing less from you. <laughs> <laughs> I finally get to meet Charles's roommate, uh, roommate, Charles's uh, co-podcaster, Bradley. Like, I haven't met Bradley because the two times I've been on gold squadron days were for high republic shows and bradley doesn't read the books so like i have this kind of like like bradley's like this mythical creature that doesn't actually exist like he's kind of like a cryptid in my brain (laughs) so i actually finally get to be bradley so i'm excited about that so um yeah but kenobi was so much fun uh well dad batch we might as well that's what What? we're here for what do you think about this episode I liked it. It it it's there's some there's a little hinkiness to the the structure of it, but it was it was there's there there's stuff I I really liked in it. I I have one of two thoughts, um because I I this is to me I feel the same. It's a solid episode. Does what it needs to do. Tells the story. Um I think this could have been a really good finale episode because it has that major cliffhanger at the end with Hunter, but because it's not the final episode, it falls a little bit because it, in turn, it becomes a setup for the finale episode. Does that make sense? Which gives it a different placement. So like if this was the last episode of season one, I'd been like, yes, great finale. Let's go. But at the same time, Knowing the finale, the finale is this huge spectacle that's beautiful. The finale is a pretty much, yeah. It is it's beautiful and it's emotional and stuff like that. Like, it makes this episode, I, I could actually see the two finale episodes being the opening of, like, season two. So, I mean, so it's weird. I, I have a really weird relationship with the show because this episode, because it's solid and it could have been a finale, but because it wasn't a finale, because it's a setup for the finale episode, it does kind of fall a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, well, when we were leading into it last week, you, we were sort of setting it up like we're starting. You know, we're get we're the three episodes. It's sort of the three episodes of the finale. Although this mm-hmm. one's sort of a on on the download because it has its its all its story in it. You know, it's yeah. 
which is set up, but it's its own self-contained story sort of sandwiched in there. Mm-hmm. Well, are you ready to get into it? I am. <clears throat> Sorry, I tricked on spit. Um, War Mantle is the 14th episode of The Bad Batch. It aired on July 30th, 2021. It was written by Damani Johnson and directed by Stuart Lee. Some extra information for you. Mount Tantis, which is the big mountain facility, they never actually name it in the episode, but that's what it is, um, was created by author Timothy Zahn and first appeared in the novel Heir to the Empire. The name Tantis was intended by Zahn to be a reference to Tantalus, a figure from Greek mythology who abused the privilege of the gods. That is because in the legend continuity, Mount Tantis was home of Emperor Palpatine's secret storehouses, including thousands of Sparty cloning cylinders, making the installation related to Imperial cloning technology in both continuities. The idea of clone commandos training regular stormtroopers date back to the Republic Commando novels by Karen Travis. The Clone Commandos were first mentioned in Attack of the Clones, but was made popular by the Republic Commandos video game. One of the commandos seen in this episode is designed to resemble Scorch from that game. In fact, while not confirmed, many fans do believe this is the first canon appearance of Scorch. The armor of the non-clone stormtroopers seen in this episode is a callback to Ralph McQuarrie's concept artwork for A New Hope. For a new hope. And finally, this marks Gregor's return to his third animated show. Gregor first appeared in the 100th episode of The Clone Wars, Missing in Action. He later returned in Star Wars Rebels, where he met his ultimate fate in the series finale. You you know who also won't be beating his ultimate fate in the series finale? Sorry, Yoda, I don't have a good segue. (laughs) No ultimate fate for Yoda. Yeah, well, no, you don't. You you just keep going. There's no ultimate fate for you. You just get to have a lovely nap in your your hut. Yes, Energizer Yoda. <laughs> well, uh, I got a question for you. Hey, question for Yoda. Yes. A question for Yoda. Yes. Um, I, I was curious because like, for we were talking just now about the Obi Wan show. And, like, Ewan was back, and Hayden Christensen was back, and I, I got to wondering, were you, and, like, we, uh, like uh, another character from The Phantom Menace was back, and I was wondering, yeah. are, you, are you mad that you weren't in the Obi-Wan show? Yeah, Yoda isn't mad, Yoda's just disappointed. Mm. Aww, did they uh, not Yoda call you? Disney money, yes, yes, a little bit for Yoda, only Jedi Master, only greatest Jedi Master ever and ever. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe when Obi Wan phone phones up Qui Gon, maybe phone up Yoda too. Hello, Yoda. I mean, you're a part of that lineage. Yoda wants to talk too. Because I, I saw this post and I, and I forgot about this. You're part of that lineage because you trained Dooku, Dooku trained Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon trained Obi-Wan and Anakin. So, like, you should have yeah. totally been there. You would think they would call Yoda, yes. Yeah, I was very upset that you they didn't call you. I was hoping to see you. You deserve it yeah. instead of Grogu. 
just maybe tip the hat or a little wink at the camera. Yep, there's Yoda. $500. I even, they could have, in the Order 66 scene, you could have been down on the floor fighting people, you know, or yeah. like running to fight, fight Palpatine. They could have done Dude, that. Flip, flippy flips. People like seeing Yoda do flippy flips. Yoda yeah. likes doing flippy flips. Does not use stuntman either. Really? You don't use a stuntman? Yeah. Wow. Yoda does all his own stunts. You're yes. like a 500 year old Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Hey, don't diss Jackie Chan. He's amazing. Pardon, Yoda. <laughs> oh. did, did not mean that as derision of Jackie Chan was just Yoda's lunch. Oh my goodness, you and Jackie Chan should do a movie together. Yeah, actually, the, the meal Yoda had, coincidentally, was called Jackie Jan. <laughs> Big bowl of Jackie Jan. Oh. I don't know how to come back from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I wish that you had been in the show. You would have added so much to it, but it would have added so much. Palpatine was in blah 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 Darth Vader blah blah blah. Yeah, but I will say at least they didn't replace you with a younger actor. Because can you imagine the, them having to like play Grogu as you? Oh no, no, right? So right. I'm. They, no. it's, it might, if, if there was going to be no Yoda, at least they didn't have a chance of replacing you. Right. No, they, they could have CG Yoda. At least they did not CG Yoda. Yeah. Well, hopefully, here's the next one. Maybe you'll be in Tales of the Jedi in this fall. Maybe. Maybe. I know you can't talk about that because you have your non-disclosure agreements. I know you Yoda can't talk. has an NDA, yes. Yeah, so I don't feel like getting hit with a Disney sniper today. Yes, Yoda has an HOA, too. Well. <laughs> well. Yoda has an STD, too. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you'll always be the star of our hearts. Yoda's always TCB, though. I don't know what that means. Taking care of business. Yes. <laughs> My brain went TBC and I was like, to be continued? <laughs> <laughs> Yoda is always to be continued also. And to be continued next week. The great questions of Master Yoda. <laughs> All right, Yoda, we'll see you next week. Will I? There he goes. Oh, can you imagine Grogu playing him? Like a young version of him? I, I can imagine it, but I can also imagine him just being insufferable for the next few months so that ch- he might actually happen. put out a hit on that child <sighs> he might actually put out a hit on that child good luck Oof. hits have been put out on that child before so that yeah. is true that's true maybe we can get Dinner on the show to talk about all his trials of protecting his baby <laughs> oh poor Grogu he tries he's just trying to be a Sweet boy with a young acting career. It's hard to be a child actor, you know? Yeah, poor Grogu sleeping on his pile of money. <laughs> his pile. <laughs> what was that? Um. Oh, gosh. The How It Should Have Ended. 
about the Avengers and like they were like all the Avengers were sitting in the diner with Superman and Batman and like they Superman and Batman were trying to criticize the movie and Thor finally goes, "We can't hear you over our giant piles of money." Exactly. <laughs> That's Grogu. So, anyway, Act One. Act Uno. <clears throat> We open in the dark of night, and it's a mysterious planet. And then, through the woods, we go down, and a clone is running for his life. And he's being chased by spiky space dogs and other clone troopers. And it's a daring chase. And I'm just going to go ahead and cut to the chase so we already know who it is. It's Gregor, our beloved Gregor, who is, like, our favorite, like, kind of silly boy in Rebels. And he, like, hit on Zeb and then, like, hit, like, like fed Zeb to a giant like slug it was a whole thing and Gregor is just like fuck shit fuck run and he he gets he, they, they're coming and they're coming through the trees and the spiky dogs are coming and they're all like bark bark we're space dogs uh, bark bark and Gregor's like oh god I can't get out of here I'm gonna get stuck so he takes out a homing beacon and he sticks it to a tree and he starts running but he doesn't get far because they stun him and Gregor falls and they drag him away from into the night Meanwhile, we go to our lovely Bad Batch people, and they're just, like, chilling, like, having a good day. It's a Tuesday. They're just enjoying their Tuesday in hyperspace. And Omega is, like, working on Gonki again because she doesn't give up on people because she's lovely that way. And she looks over, and, like, Hunter's playing with a knife, and she's just like, oh, I want to learn knife skills now. Let me be a murder child. Let's go. But then their Tuesday comes to an end because they're getting a call, a Skype call from from Rex. Rex, the king has returned with a Skype call. And they're all just like, hey, Rex, how is it going? And like, he's full poncho, like full poncho, like his hood up, hiding, very nervous. Like he's gone full poncho. And he's like, guys, okay, here's the thing. I can't do this because I'm busy right now with mysterious stuff that's not explained at all. But I want you to go save my friend, Gregor. If that's cool, I gotta go. But I love you all, Omega. It's great. Oh, Omega, honey, you're getting so big. And she's like, I have a bow now. And he's like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta... And he like pulls his poncho up more, and like Rex ends the Skype call. And Hunter is just like, I don't know, you guys. We're in the middle of a thing with Sid, and you know, you know, if we don't do this thing with Sid, then we don't get money, and we can't eat, and we have to have this moment of plot, which, you know, we I guess we didn't have to. We could have just had a Tuesday afternoon. And Echo is just like, <sighs> Boy, <laughs> are you kidding me? Of course we gotta go do this. Of course we have to go do this. What are you talking about that we can't go do this? It's Rex. It's Rex. Rex fucking- Rex literally saved our lives. Do you remember that, like, four up, five up, five, six episodes ago, when Wrecker was all, like, the Hulk, and Wrecker, and, like, Rex is there to help us, and Wrecker almost, like, killed Omega, and Wrecker's like, can we not talk about that day? That was really traumatic for me, and I still don't like it. And Echo's like, we have to go do this, Hunter, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we owe this to Rex. And Hunter's like, okay, fine, 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 I'll tell you what, we'll check it out. And Hunter's like, we always check it out. Why can't we just fucking do it? Like, that was you in the Ryloth arc, honey. You were like, let's just go check it out, guys. Like, no, we gotta do this. And Hunter's like, it's decided. We're just gonna check it out. This is my whole character. It's fine. So then they leave to go check it out. Meanwhile, with the baddies, 
Crosshair comes up to board part, and board part's like, mm, how's the plan going? Our super shady, evil secret plan. And Crosshair's like, yeah, it's coming along. We're ahead of schedule. And they both kind of like look over into the corner, and there's Lama Sue, senator of the Kaminoans, just kind of watching them. And, and Lama Sue has this look of like, what? Why are you guys looking at me? I'm just gonna walk away awkwardly and crosshair and board partner just like giggling like we're gonna do evil things it's gonna be great and then like they just they're evil uh meanwhile llama Sue is just like i'm gonna just walk away from these guys because they kind of look like they're gonna kill me i'm just gonna walk away and as he's walking through the hallways uh all the clones are being moved off world they're all leaving kaminoan including kaminoans they're all leaving uh, Kamino. Kamino is the planet, including the kids. And all the kids are like, wow, we are we really going to go be big old clone cadet soldiers? And and, La- and Nala Say is walking with them. And she's all like, yeah, you're going to be soldiers because that's what you were made to do. And they're like, yeah, let's go. We're precious babies. And they walk away. And Lama Sue like, sprints around the corner and grabs Nala Say and drags her into his office. And he's just like, I think the Empire is going to kill us. She's like, no, no, they can't kill us. Like, we made them so much money, and we, like, gave them an army. And he's like, no, no, they canceled our contracts. We have no more money. We're gonna be broke. <laughs> We're gonna die. We gotta get out of here. And and Lama Say then says, like, the most, like, hindsight is twenty twenty thing. And I, I literally wrote down this line because I really like this line. Lama Su says, we have empowered the Empire to our own detriment. Which I'm going to come back to in a minute because I have that in my notes. And uh, and he's right. Lamasu is like, they're going to kill us. He's right. Um, and he just wants to run away with essential people. And he's like, now I'll say, get everything together. Pack all your shit. If you need to pack some clones in a trunk, that's fine. Got You got to get out of here. And she's like, okay. Back with the Bad Batch. They get to Daro, which is the planet, I guess. And they're all like, all right, here we go. Let's go look for a thing. And and so they're all walking across the, the trees and walking across the trees. like and They're walking across the ground. And Hunter's like, I don't know about this guy. There's nothing here. It's the middle of nowhere. I, I, don't, I don't know about this mission. How are we going to find one clone? And Echo is like, shut up. Shut up. We're going to trust Rex. Why is trusting Rex so gosh darn dang hard for you, Hunter? And Hunter's like, well, I have biases, Echo. And so they, they're all squabbling until Hunter gets there and he starts looking around and they find the tracker and they're like, oh, here's the tracker, but there's no Gregor here. And so Hunter does it does best. He turns into like a little tracking boy and he's just like sniffing the dirt and like putting his face in trees and just like licking wood. And they're all like, oh, Hunter's doing his thing. And Hunter tracks them until they come up to Mount Tantus. And they're looking at this big old mountain, and they're like, huh, that looks evil. And Tech is like, yeah, I think it is evil, because all of our comms are jammed. I think we found what we were looking for. So they decide to sp- split it up. Wrecker and, e- uh, and Omega are going to go back to the ship, while Hunter, Echo, and Tech go, and they leave to go check out the mountain. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, uh... You said Hunter licks wood. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I did so on purpose. <laughs> Why 
What do you think of Act One, though? This is this is the hinkiest act. There, I get I get that. I have a I have a um note here. Now I watched this two weeks ago. I have no idea. I know they were they're playing with the knife. I have knife and screwdriver. Yeah, and that's essentially what it was. Like uh, Hunter was bored and just playing with his knife, and Omega looks over and she just starts spinning the screwdriver, just like oh, oh. yeah, yeah. She's just copies on the spot, like what he's doing. Yeah, that, yep, that's yep, yep. exactly what that note was. Okay, now I think it was Tech that said this. They were talking about the planet. He goes. It's a terrestrial planet, a blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, a terrestrial planet? What the hell does that mean? It has terrain, I guess. No, well, terrestrial means, I mean, it means of the planet Earth. I mean, Terra is the name of Earth. So, like, you know, extraterrestrials means not of the planet Earth or, you know, or not from the planet Earth. So I, you know, I think they were trying to say it was a habitable planet or something, but it was just like that does it for one thing. It, terrestrial shouldn't really even be in a in a in in their language at all. You know, they should have some other word for it since it's not based on, you know, it's just totally a word of our home planet. Although maybe just phonetically it means something else that we don't know which you can always say just like you can always say you have no idea what kind of you know genitals anyone in star wars has um anyway away from the genitals and to what uh, uh well my one shallow note is the beginning of this when they're when they're um with the chase is really reminded me of the beginning of et when they're chasing, e- when the government agents are chasing ET with the, through the woods with their flashlights, and I feel it is an ET tribute. But um, it was it, I this this section was weird because okay, it has one the 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 parts of the setup for the finale with the Kaminoans and uh, and and all that. Which just totally is not. It's it's weird. It's it's weird. It's just sort of like totally feeling separate from the rest of the episode. But I get the, that because it, it definitely has this feeling of we need to wrap up some certain. We need to lines. tack this onto the beginning and end of it to make sure this gets into this story. Mm-hmm. I feel that, but it has nothing to do with the story, it, and it doesn't even have like sort of echo. You know thematic echoes in it it's just sort of there functionally and it, uh, it has the thematic echoes into the finale because we know that um right, right, about to get to destroyed the, not to the storyline of the of this of episode, this episode. Of Re- yeah Re- i feel that um but um there, there's a scene with the, the scene with them on the ship talking is very stilted there's a lot of there's fat cuts in it and i feel that maybe it was like something that they that was was not working the music feels mismatched with it it's got this like music but there's like big pauses in between like dramatic and if you and it, it it almost feels like it was like the it was made to be a more a dramatic scene where the dialogue was breathing more and it should have had quieter 
music and it would have made it feel dramatic. You know what I feel it's like? Made it feel awkward because it was like heroic music and, you know, people just having a conversation, you know, a conversation. It was weird. I, you know, but I, I think I fix that. Um, it's something I talked about this whole time is uh, how a lot of times in the season they've been having half conversations, especially Echo and Hunter, because I, I'll talk about this more in season two. I actually really like Echo in this episode. Um, but he, at the beginning of the season, was, like, really pushing for them to do stuff and, like, go help Rex and, and do all this thing. Like, that's been his through line for the entire season. But he never had a chance in any of the episodes to t- actually have these full conversations with Hunter because they always got cut off. Like, I, I like there's one, the I think it's the Rex episode where they get their chips out. Um, Echo and Hunter are having this conversation when, when, when it's essentially Echo saying, like, why are we not doing more with our lives? Why are we being mercenaries? Why don't we go help people? We're soldiers. And Hunter has been waffling all season. Like, that's been the whole thing. But they never fully dove into that. And I feel like if they had fully dove into this earlier in the episode, uh, earlier in the seasons, then when we got to this conversation, it would be essentially the capstone of Echo making this argument of just being like, this is what I've been talking about this whole time. Let's go help Rex. But they never fully, um, oh, what's the word? They never fully, um, what's the word? Realize. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they never like fully realized those conversations. They never fully got into them. They always just kind of been like, here's my side. Here's my side. Okay, let's move plot. Like, you know, they never actually, like, did the character work. So that's I, that, to me, is why that feels so shallow and awkward, because they never put in the work in the prior episodes. That that would be my take on it. I think that was part of it. I think it was, a lot, it was just some, like, they were like, we don't have a piece of music ready for this. Put this piece of music in. It was something was hinky. Something was hinky. That's all I got for part one. Something was hinky. Yeah. Uh my first shallow note. Boy, I love spiky space dogs. They're so cute. Like like once like Gregor is down, like the dogs are just like turn into normal dogs and they're shaking their butts. Like, yeah, yeah. we did it. <laughs> I think those are the same dogs that are in the book of Boba Fett too. And like Mando's like petting one and it shakes its butt. I think they're the same dogs. Um but I I, I just I love spiky space dogs. They're so cute. <laughs> uh I like the choice of using Gregor um, because we've been seeing like the effect of the changing empire on different clones uh, all se- all season. And so we also got new, cl- new clone characters like Hauser and Hauser was a great addition. But what I, what I like about Gregor here is it actually really plays on a lot of his story in Rebels because in Rebels, he has that beautiful final line uh, to Rex as he's dying when he's just like, I, uh, I'm happy that I finally got to choose this with you because they never had a choice. And like, that's really a big theme of Greg from this episode where he was told to come here. He realized he didn't like it and he wanted to leave and he was immediately punished for it because they're not allowed to leave. Like they're always being controlled. They're not free men. And that would, that was a big theme of historian rebels is that they were finally free men, him, Rex and Wolf finally got to choose as free men to fight. And there was not, and like he gave his life for it. And so it it really adds a lot from rebels into this character. So I think he's actually a really good choice here because that's essentially where the bad batch are right now. 
You know, I, I, I talk about Hunter Waffling a lot, but that's kind of where he's at. Like, they're, they're technically free, but they're always watching their backs. And they always are kind of, like, on the run, and they're kind of mercenaries cause out of necessity. And Gregor kind of represents what Echo has been saying this whole time of, like, let's be free men and we choose our path. Not doing things out of, out of necessity because we have to. Let's choose our path. And Gregor very, very much represents that. And and honestly, somebody who's watched all the animated Star Wars, like, it, it's fun to see Gregor. I, I love this character. He's a great character. Yes. And he's got a he's very distinct character mm-hmm. also. I definitely wrote down one of his lines in, in the second act because it made me laugh. Um, I don't think I've ever heard the word plebs in Star Wars. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it made me laugh. Um, I just love Omega like sees Hunter twirling a knife and she's just like, yeah, I want to do that too. Because <laughs> she's a tiny child that absorbs stuff. And she's just like, yeah, knives! I want to do that! Let me play with knives! Let's go! <laughs> I love her. I want to know what Rex is doing. There's no explanation in the video and I don't seem to recall in the finale that Rex comes back. I don't think he does. And like... He's so tied up that he can't go get Gregor. And he's full poncho. He's clearly nervous. He's clearly scared. I want well, to know does, what Rex is He doing. does the total, like, run away, you know, at the end. The, the total Maz Kanata, like, gotta go. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I, I, I want to know what he's doing. And I, I kind of hope we get some more of that. Like, maybe, like, in season two, he was like, remember when you guys saved Gregor? I was doing this. Um... But I also love that Rex's story is building on his story in the Clone Wars finale. Because during the Siege of Mandalore, after Order 66 has happened, a really big focus of his, he he tells Ahsoka, like, they are still my brothers and they can't help it. I want to try and save them. Maybe maybe that that holo scene is where he's in his scene from uh, when he's in Andor. I I don't know. I I don't know. Um, but like he <laughs> he has that. It, wait, I I think it'd be too early to be Andor because I I'm think just the, being, yeah I'm just being a dick yeah. Oh oh okay. <laughs> um, because in the Clone Wars finale, like that was his big thing. He wanted the power to save other clones, and we're starting to kind of see this through line where. We, we kind of got hints to that with the Cut Laquaid episode where Cut was like, yeah, Rex moved through here and he sent other clones. We know that Rex has sent other clones to Cut. Like, that's been a big part of his story. And it makes me, I, I love this focus that, like, he can't go get Gregor, so he's letting uh, someone else to trust them to save Gregor. Because saving clones is now Rex's personal mission, which I love it. But it does make me wonder how he gets to Rebels. Um, there's that, there's a little chunk of Rex's story we don't know, which is, like, right here where he's, like, really, like, trying to say clones, and, like, he's part of this and stuff like that, but when he, we meet him in Rebels, it's just him, Wolf, and Gregor, and they're, they're fishing for Jupa in the middle of a desert, and he's like, I don't want to fight anymore, and he, and he comes around because he's around Kanan and Ezra, and, like, he's back with the Jedi, and he starts getting back into that mission with them again. And he comes around and he becomes Rex again. But there is that little part where he does leave action. And he's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we should fight. Like, we're, we're, we have a peaceful life here. So there, I, I do want to know, like, what happened in that little chunk of Rex's life. 
Um, so the scene about the little clunk dead boys being moved and I'm I'm scared for those boys. Yeah, it probably didn't end well for that trained elsewhere, huh? Maybe. And and here's the thing. I think we're going to see those specific kids again. There is one shot in the season two trailer of The Bad Batch. And when we were talking about all the celebration stuff, I mentioned this. There's a shot with a group of what looks to be teenagers. And one of them in the front looks like Boba Fett's model from Clone Wars. And then the rest of the people behind them, they're all wearing like goggles or hats or masks. So you can't really tell what they look like. But they all look about the same age and the same height. And I'm wondering if those are the clone cadets. And that they get this call that, like, they're not going to be soldiers, so they just move the clone cadets to be, like, miners or, like, indentured servants or something like that, or, like, workers. Until they start growing at incredible speed. Yeah, but, like, why not use the, like, I, I, I can see the Empire just being like, we don't need these soldiers anymore, but why don't we use this free manpower to go throw them in the mines of Kessel or something, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no reason not to. And so I I do wonder if we're going to see those clone cadet boys and the Bad Batch will rescue them in season they eat two. Ten somehow. times as much food. That's why they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think puberty's bad when kids are eating. These guys are just like forty thousand <laughs> calories a day or something. That's where all the money went. <laughs> Was feeding them. They've got to sleep twenty three hours just to keep up with the growth. Oof. Ugh. I feel like the Camino ones would clone that out of them. Be like, yeah, they eat like birds, yeah. but they're yeah. massive. They are, yeah. They're all record. <laughs> um, so the other, only other line um, I wanted to talk about was Lamasu. And I really do love that line that he says, which is, we have empowered the Empire to our own detriment. I, I love that line. Um, and I... Essentially, he's not lying. Like he, but it also shows how much the Kaminoans were victims of Palpatine too, because Palpatine is absolutely evilly amazing at planning this, and it also shows how he doesn't really care who he destroys and the process. Well, is, he destroys everything in his path because he's not leaving a paper trail. So it's like yeah. when you're done with the Kaminoans, you get rid of them because. They knew your they knew your secret at one point. They know and they like could figure out what you know. They they're just if, yeah. It's just better to have them not exist anymore. But and, at the same time, the Kaminoans are pretty shady themselves, and they and like the way they discuss it is totally like if if the shoe was on the other foot, they'd probably be you know making similar decisions too. We but kn- we like, know we this better because act because this is our skins. But yeah, they're they're we, we they're know similarly. this because that's exactly what like as as nice as Nala say has been in this show to Omega. We know this because she fucking murdered Fives because it she because Fives is going to jeopardize their entire lifestyles. Right, and, and she fucking they, yeah, murdered Fives. Yeah, just cold bloodedly too. So you know, yeah, yeah so. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's not, it's, it's, I feel a little pity for the Kaminoans, but it's not like, oh, I don't feel the tragedy. Pity. The tragedy is everything around them, the, you know, all the things that they've created and stuff is I the don't true, like, feel full pity for them. I think they're very interesting gray characters because they walk, they're all, just, they're just soaked in gray characters. Um, that's like, that's their entire MO. 
but I, I find them interesting because they are this representation of the Republic. They they helped put Palpatine in power, and now and and like now they're following the same precedents as the Geonosians because because in Rebels, um, we know from like Clone Wars and the prequels that the Geonosians were very early building the Death Star, but when we get to Rebels. In the the episode, the honorable ones with Zevin Callus, they get to Geonosia or whatever the planet's name is, um, and it's dead. There are nobody left. The only person left is Click Clack, and he's trying to. He's the last of his kind, and so and so like we know there's precedence to this of when Palpatine's just done with people, he just kills them, and this is now the second essential genocide other than like a handful of people that we know are safe like Nala say um he just commits another genocide so casually and then he gets his third one with Alderaan like this is just how he works and Palpatine's just it's, it's like what I like about this scene is it just shows not to get pity for the Kaminoans but it shows how incredibly evil and skilled Palpatine is as a Sith Lord but that's all I have for act one all right, I'm ready for Act Two. I like Act Two better. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you that it's um, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of the one. It's pretty much ones. the bulk of the main story. Yeah. <laughs> so Act Two. So Hunter, Echo, and Tack are climbing to the top of the mountain, and when they get up there, they're like, "Yay, we made it! Oh, this is this is a military base." And Tack's like, "Huh." I didn't know this was here. I'm going to add this to my database. And they're just like, oh, wow, this is this is intense. It goes all the way down into the mountain. Wow, this is a big old thing. And they pull out their handy-dandy binoculars, and then they spot some clone commandos and squads of clone troopers. And they're like, that's a lot of people. And Hunter's like, I'm out. <laughs> We're done. We, we came. We took, a, we took a look. This is not going to be like Ryloth, where I said we would take a look. And then we got involved. We're not doing that. We're going to go. And Echo turns around and he's like, no, we're not going to go. And Hunter's like, there's there's so many people. We don't even know if this Gregor guy is alive. And Echo looks at him and he's like, you didn't know I was alive. You went in blind on Skako Minor and you rescued me. You Because you trusted Rex and you took a risk on one person. And because of that, I'm part of your squad. And Hunter's like, stop making me feel things, Echo. Stop it. God, fine, we'll go look for him. And, and Echo's just like, yay, I did it. Yay. So they call up Omega and Wrecker, and they're like, hey, there's a base here. We're gonna go find Gregor. I need you guys to be our backup. And Wrecker and Omega are like, cool, we'll be back up. Bye. Good luck. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> And the Bad Bunch boys are now going in after Gregor. And honestly, it's a lot of sneak, sneak, sneaking. They're they're sneaking around. They sneak through the hallways. And actually, I had this thought. Um, this is one of the few Imperial bases that are not well lit. And I noticed that because most of the time, it's these like big white Imperial bases. And their armor is black, so they tend to sneak, like, stand out in the middle of white hallways. But this epi- like, this episode is not very well lit, and so this base is kind of dark, so they just kind of blend in with the walls. And I was like, good for you guys for once. Anyway, they're sneaking around a lot. And it's not easy 
they try to break into stuff and Echo's like, oh wow, these are some new encryption codes. This is new. And they have these things called TK Troopers? What the fuck is a TK Trooper? And Tech's like, I don't know, but I'm learning so much right now. This is great. And they find out where Echo is, where Echo, they find out where Gregor is located and they head on out. And Gregor, God bless him, because I love him. He is just having a really great time hanging out in his cell and he's messing with other stormtroopers, calling them fucking plebs. And he's just being a crazy little dick all by himself. And I love him. I love him so much. Gregor, don't ever change because you're the best, baby. I love you. And the, ba- and the Bad Batch show up and they're like, hey, we're here to save you. And Gregor's like, are you though? And Echo's like, hi, I'm Echo. And my name is, and my, I'm a friend of Rex. Rex sent us. We're all friends. And Gregor's like, oh, Rex sent you? Yeah, let's go fuck shit up. I'll lead. Let's go. And then there's more sneak, sneak, sneaking around. And they're all... They're all going about each other, and they're, like, going around people, and they're hiding and shit. And Gregor's like, oh, you guys have some nice armor. Are you guys, are you guys commandos like I am? And they're like, yeah, we're Commando 99. And he's like, oh, defective clones. You guys are like me. And they're like, I don't know if we're like you, man. He's like, I got blew up. It's fine. You guys like me. We're, like, brothers now. And Hunter's like, okay. Okay, fine. We're like you. And, and Gregor's like, yeah, I mean, I, we're the smart, sane ones. Anybody want to stay with this empire shit is dumb. Let's go. Um, and, and Gregor's, like, talking, and he's like, yeah, I was supposed to instruct these people. Hey, look, there are people. They're shooting at us. Oh, no. Why is the alarm going off? That's because the alarm's going off. And because Tech tried to put in old clone codes. And Gregor's like, you can't use old clone codes. Clone codes? This isn't the Republic anymore. I thought you were supposed to be the smart one. No, you gotta use Imperial codes. Like, like all the alarms are going off. This is all your fault, guys. Hey, look, people are shooting at us now. And it's all pew, 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 pews, pews. There's a lot of pew, pew, pews. And <laughs> they're, they're uh, pew, pewings. And the Bad Batch actually takes them out really fast. And they kind of, like, all stop. And they, like, look at each other. And Hunter's like, that was really easy. And they kind of, like, take off one of the helmets of one of the new troopers. And they find out, these troopers are not clones. And Tech is like, I am learning so much right now. Why are they not clones? What is happening? This is intriguing. I need to put it in a book. Let's do this. Ah! And Gregor's like, yeah, that's what I was trying to tell you. I'm an instructor. And I've been instructing normal people. Us clones are being replaced. And they're like, what do you mean clones are being replaced? And Gregor's like, yeah, like, the Republic doesn't exist anymore. And you know what clones are? They were soldiers for the Republic. They don't want us anymore. Instead, they are becoming like this little fascist regime. And they're taking people who are loyal to the Empire, not the Republic, to fight for them. So, yeah. This is it. This is it, boys. We, uh... We're getting replaced. And they all get on the elevator. And they're like, well, this sucks. Well, let's get out of here. And then the elevator opens. And there's more pew pew pews because there's some bad guys. And they close the door and they're like, yeah, we need another way out. Bum bum bum. What you think back to? Bum bum bum. Um, uh, like, when, when you say it's dark, it's like the, the original Death Star. It's very Death Star looking. And uh, the, their colors, it just looks very Death Star and original Star Wars. And there's 
tons, tons of sneaking around the Death Star music when they're sneaking around. It's all from episode four when when they break onto the Death Star. There's just all the all the all the all the you know stuff that like i just completely associate with sneaking around the death star are there so it was that was fun to watch mm-hmm. um i realized echo's basically in the, not you know not to be rude but he's basically like their droid. I mean, I know they got gonky, but he's basically like the, he functions as their R2 unit. You know, it's like, Echo, get over there, <laughs> you know, plug it, open the door. <laughs> you That's know? actually a point that I wish they would dive into a little bit more is Echo's autonomy. Because we we, we kind of touched on that in the episode where he had to pretend to be a droid for a hunter to sell him for money. Well, um, the, the first Finnick Shan episode, but they never really dove into that. And I kind of wish they did because that's a very interesting part of Echo's life yeah. that they haven't really touched. And I don't, I'm going to just be clear, I don't trust these writers that much when it comes to certain storylines. Like they could probably write a very poignant and beautiful story about Echo being disabled. I don't trust them to do that because they haven't had the best track record with that kind of poignant, nuanced storytelling. But if they wanted to bring in the proper writers, like disabled writers, to talk about that, that could be a really interesting story. Yeah. I see. I don't think it was meant that way in this one. I think it was just something that I like that I thought about. But like, and it, and it wasn't also like you know he's like in a degraded position. He's you know he's got sort of a specialty. Because because of his, but he is kind of because he is the reg. But but yeah, but the, uh, yeah yeah. But at the same time, he's sort of does like what you know, like Chopper would be doing and and stuff like that. And the, I just think that in my last note is there should have been a scene when they're like, "Hey, these aren't clones; these are just regular Joes." And then they all look at each other and f- switch their guns <laughs> off a <of> stun. Because <laughs> it's like. Because, I, I, yeah, but come on. <laughs> this is Star Wars. How many people go around just exclusively stunning people? You know, I mean, they're they're the bad batch. They, they, they you know, I, it would be almost like, I mean, it's a Disney show. But at the same time, it would be just sort of like, oh, wait, we're not. We're it not doesn't matter that this is a Disney show. Sabine fucking shot someone point blank in the head. Right, 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 right. So I, I just think I, 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 I would have liked that scene. It would never happen, but I think it that would be a actually fun would scene. have been that would have been interesting though because we did talk about their for the majority of the season they've been stunning because they've they've been fighting clones and they didn't want yeah, to hurt their own brothers, and but that. And so, like, they're they're coming into this under the realization, like, under the under not the realization, they come into this thinking they're just still fighting clones. So that would have actually been a very interesting turn where they're like, oh, these aren't clones, we don't have to protect them. Well, fuck the fascists! <laughs> like, like that well, would have well, been well, yeah, well, well, also like they made a very know. conscious choice to only stun clones. When they're, when they're fighting other people, they they didn't worry about stunning them. So you know, they, yeah, they so. have when they're fighting clones because we talked about that. When they are fighting clones, that's what I mean. Only yeah. when they're fighting clones are they the are they like stun crazy. So they have no compunctions about not using stun. So like once they're not clones, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, because they just they stay down that way. 
and they don't yeah. cut, they don't get back up to do another day's work. Yeah, I, I think that that would have been. I, I agree with you. I don't think they would have done that on this show because it's been already established. But that being a Disney show doesn't also matter because they were right. just murdering people and rebels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, did you have anything else, son? That's all I got for Act Two. My first very shallow note. I love Gregor's line of, that's Captain Trader, you insubordinate plebe. <laughs> Gregor, don't ever change. I love you, baby. I love you so much. And like again, like I said, I don't think I've ever heard the word plebe in Star Wars. <laughs> and, no, I don't think I have either. But I, I love how he's not like, because like when he gets to Rebels, like he has a much higher pitch voice. Like he's fully... Like, like in his like best life of just like I'm like this now. But like when he says that's Captain Traitor to you, um, he has that little like rebel's voice crack. And I actually really like Dee Bradley Baker's um work in this episode. So, but it made me laugh because I love that line. You insubordinate plebe. <laughs> um, okay, so. I, I had to do some research uh, about Ma- Mount Tantus, which is why I put it in the extra information notes. Um, so in Legends, and I remember this because it's one of the few Legends books I have read, which is Heir to the Empire. And um, Thrawn goes, and that's where he meets like the crazy Jedi who's like guarding the mountain. Um, and part of it is there are cloning facilities inside of Mount Tantus and Legends. And I think that's really interesting, especially because we know the finale. In the finale, Nalose is taken to Mount Tantus. So I think the, this location is, A, something we're going to definitely be returning to. But I also think it's a hint of where the show could possibly be going in season two. And it's going to be a different kind of cloning. And so I, I don't think this is our last time seeing Mount Tantus because... Because it has its roots in legends being a cloning facility, um, and there's they're mm. all clones, and Camino is not is going to be gone in the next two weeks of us covering it. Um, I, I think this is gonna end up being a very important location, and maybe it'll be Rampart's like new like base or something. It may it may be, you know, and I mean cloning is definitely like if if they're building if they're like doing like marvel with all the star wars things and building towards a you know end game type movie it would be something to do with cloning you know it would be something to do with palpatine's cloning plan that would be my yeah. my guess if i remember correctly and i need to double check and see it again i think in the finale the person who greets Nalase, the woman who greets Nalase, has the same uniform that Dr. Pershing, right. the scientist guy in The Mandalorian, wears. They're, they're tying all these things together, you know, they're get, or, and giving little little echoes of each, you know, things, to, you know, that all have to do with clonings and guys in vats and stuff. I like it myself. Yeah, I like it too. I, this is not a criticism. Um, I, I, I definitely think that this is going to be an early tie into the Mandalorian, but long-term Rise of Skywalker. Um, right, right. Uh, I'm going to get all my little notes out of the way before I get to my one big echo note. Uh, I, I do like, cause we talked about this, I think when I talked about Hauser, I'm wanting to say, I don't remember. Um, but I talked about how some fans theorized that 
the Bad Batch show is not just about the core Bad Batch members. It's actually about all clones. And this idea that any clone that does not conform with the Empire are technically honorary Bad Batch members yep. because the show is actually about them too. And Gregor just kind of pushes that that idea along because he was just like, no, I didn't want to be here, so I wanted to fucking leave. And I guess I'm one of you guys now, aren't I? And they're like, I guess you are. Um, and, and so I, I like this continued idea that like any clone like Hauser or Gregor who doesn't conform... Um, they're technically bad batch members too because they're not following the protocol. They're now defective. Um, so I, I like that idea. Um, what did I write? Oh, just like little notes that I noticed, like the shifting of technology, like the co- the clone code's not working anymore. It's continuing to show that we're moving away from the Republic. We're getting to the Empire. The clones being replaced. Um, I, it's just these like little world building things that are nice to see that there's like showing how the world's developing and changing. Um, I'm actually surprised that like tech didn't tech has, they, they have that moment where Echo's like, wow, this is really encrypted. Like this is all different. And so it makes me like wonder why tech was then like, let me put in old clone co- codes now that we know that this is all encrypted and different. Um, other than plot, plot is the uh-huh. answer, I guess. Um, character-wise, it didn't fit for tech, but they needed to move plot. But I, I do like those, like, little world-building things. Um, and I like, I like, uh, Gregor's note of, like, no, I'm not gonna teach new troopers everything. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> He's so smart. I love Gregor. Uh, okay, so my big echo note. My multi-part echo note. As much as I've griped about how they've handled Echo all season... Um, and we talked about this some in Act 1. I think he really shines in this episode. I think this is very much his episode. And his importance dating back to the Clone Wars to now um, is really... is. I, I think this is a big setup for Season 2. Because the whole time, like, he's wanted to help Rex. He wanted to go do things. And, like, now he's even using himself to convince Hunter, like, you, like, you came to get me not knowing me. And now I'm here with you. And so, like, I think this is a really good episode for Echo. Um, because, and it also kind of goes into this, like, theme of, like, changing biases. Because in Clone Wars, the Bad Batch really didn't give a shit about regs. Like, they talked down to regs. They kind of, like, they caused fights with regs. Outside of, like, Cody, which was, like, the only guy they were, like, really chill and cool with. Like, they're picking fights with Rex and Jesse. And, like, they don't give a shit. But it's when they rescue Echo and Echo becomes a member of their team, this mindset about Reg starts to change. And there is still bias. Like, even Hunter is like, I don't know if we should risk all this for a Reg we don't know. Like, and he says that in, like, Act 1. And so there is kind of, like, this mindset of bias towards Regs. But a lot of this season has been about breaking those biases and breaking those cycles. Like, that's that's very a big part, a huge part of, like, what Hauser did. I think... Hauser was a big step to get to this point because uh, 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 what's his butt? Hunter has that moment when Hauser is about to go out there and sacrifice himself. He stops and he like looks back at Hauser for a very long moment and kind of like considers what Hauser is doing that a reg is breaking this programming and doing this thing. And 
Uh, I lost my spot. Um, so, but so like while this bias is not fully gone, Echo has been constantly pushing Hunter to this point, and I think this is a really beautiful theme of like breaking biases even within one's own community. It reminded me of um, like the queer community in a way. Because there's a lot, there are gay people in the queer community who are just like, yeah, we want gay rights, but not for trans people. Trans people are not equal to us. Or like, or even, I, I've, I find that as an asexual person. Like, I've had people tell me that like asexual people are like not real queer people. Like, I've run well, into yeah. that before. And like, that's where like a lot of terps I mean, get their yeah, power. Any group can, can develop that trait, you know? Mm-hmm. You can always, you can always... You can have a group and then you can know if you take that group, you can always have it go into other, you know, opposing groups. It's just like so easy. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just I think that's a really interesting story for the Bad Batch um, where it is about breaking their own biases towards regs. And and Echo was a big part of that. Like, And, and that's why I really do love that scene where before they enter Mount Tantis, Echo is like, you came to save me, like, and you didn't know me, and I was a reg, and you had no idea who I was, and now I'm here. Like, that makes that seem, like, really beautiful, because it really is kind of been, go- like, kind of puts a cap on the story about them learning that regs are just as important as they are, and in this very changing world, you know who's probably going to be their allies going forward? It's going to be the regs that break away. That's going to be their allies. So they have to break these biases. So I really like this theme of breaking biases within one's own community. But that's all I have. It's a a good survival mechanism for sure. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. So, uh, but that's all I really have about this. Do you have anything else? No, uh. All right. Trying to say, yes. think of something that something to to that we're gonna wrap up. The spice, this. the spiky space puppy. Yes, let's wrap the spiky space puppy. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the wiggling their butts. They're like, yeah, we're gonna get wrapped up. Yeah, <laughs> I love them. I love spiky space puppies. All right, Act Three. Act Three. Don't. <laughs> so, we check in with Omega and Wrecker, and Omega is nervous. She is pacing, she's holding Lula, she's like cuddling, and, and Wrecker's like, you're, you're making me nervous over there. Are you okay? And she's like, I'm not okay. They should have called by now. Why haven't they called by now? I bet they're dead. Do you think they're dead? We're dead. Everything's happening. How can you be so chill? And Wrecker's like, because it's fine. <laughs> like it's fine like kid like it's them like they're gonna be okay like I'm, I'm just i'm saving my energy so we can like go in and save them like this is how it goes it's fine which is actually i don't i don't think i noted this i'm so i'm gonna just cut in on my recap right now i actually really like this scene from Matthew. um it's it's actually a lot of maturity for him because he usually is the run in and break shit guy but this actually is like a really mature scene for him when he's usually portrayed as kind of the youngest and kind of like the kid one of the groups. So I actually really like the scene. Um, I, I don't think I had that in my notes. But um, and he looks at her and he's like, Omega, they the others, they, they have it under control. And then the narrator cuts in and the narrator's like, they did not, in fact, have it under control because there are more pew pew pews. They are fighting 
and they're they're running, and and Hunter and and Echo and Tech and Gregor are just like, run, get the fuck out of here! We don't have this under control. <laughs> Everything sucks. And they take out like all these other clones fast, and they finally get themselves whole up in a room, and they're like, okay, 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 we are, we are, we're gonna be okay. And then they're not okay, and they have to run some more. And then out of nowhere, probably Scorch, the clone commando guy, like comes out of nowhere, and he like shoots Gregor in the stomach, and and Gregor's like, ow, my stomach! And uh, so he's just like, ha ha, I shot you! And that's about as fast as it, as long as it lasts, because Hunter just takes out probably Scorch very fast and like knocks him on his ass. So they hide out in another room. And they're like, oh my god, Gregor, you were shot. Are you okay? And Gregor's like, D- guys, guys, I'm fine. I literally blew up in the 100th episode of Clone Wars. Tis but a flesh wound. I'm fine. This is great. I feel good. We're having a good time here. And Tech's like, all right, well, if we're all okay, let's go out through the vents. Because it's Star Wars. We have to go out through the vents. That's how this works. And then we can signal Wrecker and Omega and get the fuck out of here. And they're like, good plan, Tech. So they do the Jedi thing, and they blow a hole in the vent, and then they climb on out of there. And they, when, when the vent comes out, like, it's on a cliffside, and it's a big old drop down. So they're just kind of standing there like, okay, we're here now. And they call Wrecker and Omega, and Omega's like, oh, thank God, you're alive! I thought you were dead! Are you guys okay? I'm in- and Wrecker's like, yeah, we're coming. We'll be there in a minute. But oh no, the baddies get into the room and they left the vent on the floor. So their baddies are like, oh, I bet they're in the vents. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go find them because they left the trail. The baddies climb up into the vents and they start, they find them. They're like, oh, there they are. They were just literally around the corner. Let's go. And then more pew pews are happening. But it's okay, because Wreck and Omega are there to save the day. And Omega is apparently flying the ship. They let Omega fly, because Wrecker is awesome. Wrecker is like, I could fly the ship, because I'm a whole-ass adult. But I'm just gonna let the ten-year-old fly. It'll be fine. (laughs) Let's go. And so, uh, so they they pull the ship up next to, like, the cliffside, and, like, Echo and, and Tech jump on there first, and Tech goes over there, and, and Omega's like, oh, I've been flying the ship, and it's really scary, and Tech's like, okay, I'm gonna take over for you, you did a really good job, and he slides into the pilot seat, and it's time for Hope's favorite thing of the Bad Batch. Tech flying like a fucking insane person, and just being like, yeah! And he goes all ham in the sky. And he is like nose diving and swerving, and it's more pew pews in the sky, and he's having a great time. But still, they're very outnumbered. So the Bad Batch ship takes some hits, and they're losing power fast. But then there's a surprise MVP of the show. And out of nowhere, Gonky just like waddles up there, and Gonky the droid is there to help. And Omega's like, oh my god, Gonk droid, they're power batteries. Come here, Gonky. And Omega, like, drags Gonky over, and she hooks him up to the Bad Batch ship, and the Bad Batch ship is like, Yay, we have power again! Yay! And Tech does some more pew-pews and some fancy flying, and they pull the ship back around, and they get Echo, and they get Gregor. But, as he's trying to jump across, Hunter 
falls and misses the ladder and he falls off the ladder and he tumbles down the cliffside all the way back to the ground. And they're all like, oh no, Hunter! Oh no, we're still being attacked! Ah, everything's happening! So Tech has to pull off of, to keep them moving and how, it's gonna go back for Hunter. And when Hunter wakes, like, kind of picks himself back up, he looks up and an enemy ship is landing and he's completely surrounded. And he's like, oh, fuck me. And he kind of hits his comment. He's like, Tech, I'm surrounded. And Tech's like, we're, we're coming back for you, dude. He's like, no, no, don't come back for me. You guys need to get on out of here. That's an order, Tech. You get everybody else out of here. And Omega is begging. Omega's like, no, we have to turn around. We have to go back and get Hunter. Tech, turn around, please. Tech, please turn around. And, like, Tech has to, like grit his teeth and he punches in the hyperdrive and they get out of there but hunter is caught by the empire and captured meanwhile back with the baddies <laughs> the door opens and i love this sound cue because the door opens and there's rampart and there's literal thunder in the background when rampart walks in to meet with lama sue and lama sue, sue is like hey what's going on admiral how you doing? You look great. I this is all you know what? It's raining outside and it's just be a bad day for anything bad to happen to me. And Rampart just kind of smiles and like he's just like looking at Lava Sue, essentially doing everything but evil laughing, but he's like internally like evil laughing on the inside. And he's like, Lava Sue, you do look great. And you know what? I think this is a perfect day. For me to say, hey, I don't like treason. And Mama Sue's like, what treason? What are you talking about? What treason? What, what's treason's going on here? Why, why are all your stormtroopers walking in? Why are there so many stormtroopers walking in? And they pull in Nalase, and Nalase is like, sorry, man. You're about to die. I'm sorry. They caught me. And he's like, what do you mean you caught me? Why, why was she caught? What's going on? And Rampart's like, yeah, I, I noticed that your girl here in LSA was packing up a bunch of science shit. And she had like 12 clone stuff stuffed in a trunk. And that's not cool, man. That's not cool. So uh, I'm going to kill you. But we're going to take Nalase because she's still really useful to me. And they like drag Nalase out. And Rampart's like, I just want you to know that clones suck. I don't like clones. I think they're dumb. But, yeah, you served your purpose. So, uh, Lamasu, uh, lol, bye, bitch! And he walks out the door, and the door closes, and the clones kill Lamasu. Finally, the final scene, we're back with Hunter. And Hunter's, like, sitting in a jow cell. He's like, oh, God, wait, this is, this is the episode from the, before the finale, isn't it? That means that he's gonna come in. And Crosshair kicks in the door and he's like, that's right, bitch! It's me, it's Crosshair! How you doing? Hey there, asshole! You got ready for the finale? Are you ready for the finale, Hunter? It's all come to this, Hunter. This is how stories work. This is how narratives work. And Hunter's just like, oh my god, spare me. Spare me until next week. Can we do this next week? And then Crosshair's like, of course we're gonna do this next week because it's the finale. <laughs> the end. Alright, I got some silly notes. Yeah, this is we, my, my least notes chapter. We know Lama Sue dies, but we never see 
see the death. So maybe I wish they would have had. I I I could swore... take him into custody or something. But yeah, it was pretty obvious he was gonna die. No, no, I swore the first like when I was rewatching this that there was gonna be blaster fire, and so when there wasn't blaster fire, I had this moment of like, wait, mm. they didn't shoot him. Like I I, I yeah. like they needed to have like a blaster fire sound effect because it does make it fake. But like I misremembered there being blaster fire there. Yeah, because it's just so implied that your memory would just fill it in. And my silliest note is, if you say Lama Su Namase, if you say Lama Su Namase, I think it's a Michael Jackson reference. Really? Yeah, this is the, that song where Michael Jackson, Mama Su Namase. Uh, or, or maybe George Lucas was listening to a Michael Jackson song when he was making characters' names. As if, like, he seems to get a lot of characters. I don't know. That's what, that's, it's a very silly, it's a very silly note. Um, uh, you get, everything I got is really shallow. You get to, I, I was just like, I, I never would have noticed this, but now that it's, it's something that you pointed out, I will never not notice tech flying like a crazy person. He has this moment where... He's dive bombing towards the ground and it shoots like the, the camera pans to Gregor. And even Gregor has this look of like, I'm the crazy person and this is too much for me. Like, yeah. I went off this ride. <laughs> like, he has this look of like, I'm about to die. This is how I die. We're going to crash into the, the ground. Oh, God. <laughs> like, like, I love it. I love tech flying like a crazy person. Like, he flies like a fucking bat out of hell, which is which is funny for his character because he's always so put together and he's the, like, the calm, rational one and he's the logical one. But you put him in a ship and he fucking flies like like a teenager going like 200 miles an hour down the freeway. <laughs> well, but that, that's the thing, though, because he's kind of he's so like sort of like cold and calculating that he's just like, all right, I'm just going to make this machine do whatever it has to do, which is crazy things you know that most people he, he actually probably has like sat down and like read the logistics yeah just yeah like, oh knows, okay knows I can exactly do this. how much he can punch it and, and all that stuff but uh my it's, only it's, other note is it's uh, one of Riker... my favorite it's one of my favorite things though it really is like every time i get to see like tech fly like that i just i love it i love it so much my only other note is uh Riker doesn't know that those those aren't clones in there and he's he's not using uh <laughs> he's not using uh stun in nope. this third act not at all i don't know i don't think his big gun has a stun feature i because i feel no, like but there's a, a scene where i think i believe there's a scene where he's hanging out the the hanging out and um well, well there's there's a scene where they they where they're either jumping in or something and he's sort of it's before oh yeah i know what scene you're talking about and because and, and he's going with his gatlin gun he's got his blast he's got a blaster and he's just like yeah he's, he has his he has his big gun and that because yeah, I, I i know he's used down. i know he's used smaller guns before and i think those are guns that have stun but i don't think his big gun but has stun it definitely did not look like stun <laughs> yeah that's all i got for act three though well, I've already killed one of my notes about tech flying um, because I just I love it so much. Um, there, it's a little tiny, like like blinking, you miss it kind of scene um, that I really like, and it's also kind of dark, so it's a little hard to see. Like I had to back it up and be like, "Is that what I just saw?" 
But when Ome- like when this act opens and Omega is nervous and pacing, she's hugging Lula, like the little like Wrecker's toy, like the big like Tuka Bunny toy, and and she's just like hugging Lula, and like she like kind of puts her face into it a little bit, and like she's walking back and forth, and there's a moment where like as she's walking back before the the camera pans to Wrecker, she just like puts her face into it and i loved i love that little note of when she's scared she gets her toy because she's a kid and it's like yeah. such a nice moment to show that she's still a kid and i also just um, like them yeah it's, it's such a good little note um i love that record is like y'all let the child fly <laughs> because why not hey she learned she just saw Hera do it so she just learned it you Absorbed know it, she, yeah and, and and I was trying to think of this in a different way. Like, what if he was flying? And he is the better person to be at the door. Um, ex- though Omega could have been, like, sniping people with her bow. It's something that she knows how to do. So, like... Yeah, but, but then but they it, would also be shooting at her, too. So that was, yeah. like, also the safest place for her. And and I think, also, it's the optics of, like, this child, like, sniping down people. So yeah. I, I think it's also, like, an optics thing, too. Um, but it, I just had that moment of just like, yeah, we're going to go with the kid fly. It's fine. Um, though I do like the moment where like, she's like, Tuck, I can't hold it. And he compliments her. He's like, you've done a really good job. Now let me take over. Like I, and, and it goes back to what I've always been saying is tech always treats her like an equal, but he still has these like really soft moments where he knows she's a kid. She's still learning. And so I like that he took a second to compliment her of like, you've done, you've done your duty. You've done a really good job. I'm going to take over now. So um, at one point, somewhere in Star Wars, I don't care when, I want to have a moment in Star Wars where someone is going to be like, we're going to go through the vents, and they go over, and it's just like a normal-sized little vent, yeah. and they're like, oh, we can't oh, get it's out. All full, it's all full of wires and uh, and hoses, we can't go in there. <laughs> yeah, but, or just like a normal-sized air vent, like, I, I, my desk is literally beside my air vent, my cat couldn't fit in that. Right, right. And, like, I just, I would love this moment where someone's just like, oh, I guess we can't go into the vents. <laughs> like, at one time in Star Wars. Just once. I want it. Because, like, Jedi and vents and stuff is, like, a Star Wars staple. Um. So, here's the thing about Gonky. I, 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 and he has this, like, surprise MVP moment. And Gonky has just kind of been there. And they've had this kind of subtle thing where Omega's been kind of working on him all season. Right. But this felt like it was supposed to be a big moment. Like, Gonky is here to save the day. But Check there's out no, Gonk. But there's no setup for it. Like, like technically, Omega's been working on him, and he's always been there. But he's not really a character. There's no... But, it, but the scene is set up like it's his big moment. But there's no setup for it. So it's, a, it's kind of an awkward scene, you know? It's it doesn't quite hit right, but I like it, and I yeah I I don't know I have really mixed feelings about like Gonky saving the day like I have really mixed feelings about it, but I like it I don't know it's weird it's 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 a weird scene. Um, the only other note is, and I kind of talked about this at the top, is I like this episode and it sets up the finale, but because it's a setup episode. It loses some of its oomph. But I was thinking about this, like, if we didn't have the next two episodes, this could have been a cool finale episode. 
The only difference is it doesn't have the emotional resonance of the finale episode, you know? No. And I think that's why the next two episodes are so important, why they're the finale, because we see Kamino get destroyed, and they're all stuck in crosshairs with them, and crosshairs like, fuck, I'm stuck with you guys, we're all gonna die. Like, you know, like it, it, so it does have, like, the finale, I, I, I very much, while this could be a finale episode, it wouldn't have been a good finale episode. But because it's a setup episode, it also loses its, so I'm kind of torn on this episode. It, I think it's solid. But I don't think it's like the best. It would have been episode. an anticlimactic <laughs> finale episode. Yeah. Pretty much. Even though it had a cliffhanger, it would have been just sort of like, oh, okay. The, the episode just ended in a cliffhanger. It was an episode that ended in a cliffhanger as a finale. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? No. You want to score it up for me, Chris? I will. I gave it an eight. It was it was a, a decent episode that was made. Uh, I think the the Camino and stuff at the beginning and the end messed up the pacing and the just the general feel of it. But it, I mean, not terribly. It was just it just sort of took away from the main story. But it was it's it's a it's a it's a good workable episode. It's got some really good moments in it. Yeah, um, I also gave it an eight. I think um, while it, it's solid and it does like it shows a lot of the world building and stuff like that, I think this episode could have sung better if there was more like set up prior to it. So like just like little things like those through lines with Echo that I talked about, like where they never really dove into like Hunter and Echo's conversations. So when you get to this point, it's Echo plays a really good role. But it could have been better. It could have been more nuanced. It could have been deeper. The little setup, like having a setup with Gonki earlier. Like, what if they try to plug in Gonki like earlier in the season and it didn't work? So Omega's been tinkering on him and now he works. Like, you know, like just like those little things that yeah. would have like made this episode like really hit harder. So, but I agree. Like, it's it's a good solid little episode. So I also gave it an eight. So there's uh, there's nothing wrong with it. So. No, that's fine. Well, as oh gosh, we have so much feedback this week. <laughs> As always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. We got a lot of feedback for our episode Reunion from both Twitter and Facebook. And so just a reminder for what Reunion was, this was the episode where they're all stuck on the Star Destroyer and Crosshair is hunting them and then Cad Bane shows up at the end. And one of the things that we got a lot of responses to was about how cameos, because I talked about this at length in the episode about how I love Cad Bane. But the Bad Batch really aren't fully fleshed out characters in their own show. So we got a lot of feedback about that. Um, and just so you know, Chris, the lines are separating conversations. Okay. Yep. Okay, so the first one comes from uh, Devore from A Larger View of the Force, who has been on the show with us before. Yeah, he was on one of our Resistance episodes. Hi, Devore. Yes, he was. Uh, he says, you might want to control cut C... Control V, a lot of these thoughts whenever you get around to Book of Boba Fett. Mm, yeah, that's. Yep, yep. Well, yep. I, I, I also think, like, yeah, I also think with um, season two of The Mandalorian, they, they went, oh, look how this juice, that those, all the, that, the, that they just started noticing that, like, having, having cameos really juiced up the attention. And, uh, and then, oh, I didn't think I had to do a voice. But then Hope replies, 
Yes, I feel the same way about Book of Boba Fett 2. I love the ideas of the characters, but they needed more time. Like, at least another episode or two. I can, I compare it to soup. You can have all the ingredients for a good soup, but they need time to boil together. You like how I say soup in your voice? No, I, I, I still stand by that. Like, and, and I'll definitely talk about that at length when we get to the book of Boba Fett. But, like, it needed, like, another episode or two. It really did. Like, it just needed time for everybody to gel because I like the characters. I like the ideas. But it didn't have time to gel. So, I still feel that way. And uh, another another guest on the show, reigning champion, Allie Andrews. Yeah, Allie, who's been on our show more than anybody else. Bunch of times, yeah. Love you, Allie. I'm about to be on on her show, actually. We're going to, but not for Star Wars. We're going to be talking about Amphibia. Ah. She says, uh, this this looks so much like my notes throughout the show, LOL. She's been on the show so much, I can actually hear her voice saying it. Saying this. I felt so repetitive in how much I talked about the lack of conversations happening. More conversations about the lack of conversations. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and... Of course, another person who's been on the show, Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze, said, I finally got to this episode and I have a lot to consider here. In general, I agree with Hope. A big problem with the Bad Batch is that the main characters largely don't carry the meat of the show. I hadn't considered Chris's POV that internally it would make sense for these traumatized men to just open up with their feelings. But I'll fight with myself and say, yeah, but it is a, t- a, a dramatic TV show, too. However, if they had done <laughs> that this... That last part and, was Chris, by the way. <laughs> yes, that was that was me throwing in yeah, a, a concern. However, if they had done this at the end of the season, it would be a good conclusion to their arc. And and they should definitely be head. This is me also. They should definitely be heading in that direction, at least. As the Clone Wars assets we have laying around... as. Oh, I skipped a line. As such, it feels missing. I do want to see this series move beyond let's do something with the Clone Wars assets we have laying around because I do like the show, but season one feels like a world-building show. I love the world, though, and I know the characters have more to them than that. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you, and, and I mean, yeah, and, uh, but, you know, like, have the characters develop. They can all develop at different rates, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think Hunter probably has the most growth. Um, so what I'm really hoping from, and even then, like, he doesn't have a lot of growth, but I would argue he probably has the most out of all of them. So I hope in season two we really get more of some of the other characters, like Recco. Recco. <laughs> Recco, I like that. Uh, Wrecker and Tech and Echo. Like, I would love to Echo. see, like, their development more. I want, the, there needs to be a punk rock person named Recco. I bet there's a punk rock band, Reco. I was about to say, I bet there is, but we also thought War Mantle was a band. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one comes from Diego. Hang on a second. I've got to write down Reco. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, hang on. I got to write it down here, too. <laughs> Are you going to put it into a band? Maybe. I'm definitely going to put it in the show notes. <laughs> so Diego Lemos says, <laughs> I really hope they don't turn Susan Susan 2. 
Who's season two? She's another clone. I really hope they don't turn season two into a cameo series. I mean, even Rebels and Resistance season one had some cameos. Something that I personally don't like is the animation style. It feels more like a nod to Clone Wars than an artistic choice, and I am tired of everything connecting with Clone Wars. Uh, we get it. It was popular, but can we give some love to the other 3D animated shows? Uh, this show seems more like a setup for another show than a setup for another season of this show. And that is a shame because the characters have potential. Sorry for the rant. Great podcast, guys. It was a short rant. No, no, because I, I, I know um, you have another I, And we like rant. rants anyway. You don't have to be sorry. Yeah, rants. We I, invite rants. <laughs> to kind of give like a, a heads up for a, a future feedback because I've already read it. Like Diego um, has also brought up this point in another future feedback that's coming. And I agree. I agree with him. Like, I love Clone Wars, too. Don't get me wrong. Like, cl- like I, I love Clone Wars. But I feel the same way. And he left a very similar feedback for our celebration episode because we were talking about Tales of the Jedi and Tales of the Jedi coming this fall isn't a Clone Wars style. And I feel the same. And I think, and if I remember correctly, I talked about this. It's like how you, like, that's why Visions was such a breath of fresh air because Visions had all these different animation styles. And I feel the same, like... I have this kind of fear that's building that because Clone Wars was so popular that what if all future projects are going to be in a Clone Wars style, which is something I don't like. Like people love or hate Rebels or people love or hate Resistance, but I love that they're different animation styles. Like Resistance is still one of the prettiest shows that we have. And Rebels, like, is is also, like, so unique because of its animation style. And so, like, I totally feel you on this, Diego. Like, I'm really scared that going forward, everything's going to be in a Clone Wars animation style, except for something like Season 2 of Visions, which is purposely going to be different. And right. I really hope that doesn't happen. So I totally feel you on this. Disney might be pressuring them to find some default style, you know? And that's probably the safest default style, I guess. Here's my thing. Like, it makes sense for Bad Batch to be in a Clone Wars style. It makes sense because it is essentially a sequel to Clone Wars. It, because of the two stories that are being featured in Tales of the Jedi, which is a prequel story with Dooku and and Qui-Gon and then Ahsoka stories, they make sense that the prequel animation show was Clone Wars. So they it makes sense that they're in that style. And Dave Filoni even said at Celebration that he wanted to play with the new technology of Bad Batch. He was so impressed by it. He wanted to play in that world. I get it. I don't want us to... So it's like, for those two shows, for this one and that one, like I understand why they're in the Clone Wars styles. I just hope as we go forward, we get out of the Clone Wars style. So I totally feel you. Oh, candy. So I had to laugh at this because we were trying to like figure out like what it was. And um, Dario actually wrote on his letter, yet another untranslatable Israeli candy in yellow and brown wrapper with Hebrew writing. I just, and it's from yeah, Israel. I just, I just wrote whatever characters look closest to. Ooh, well, mine is all like rubbery or like, like. Oddly. Oh, it smells so good. Oh, God. It smells good. So, uh, right fast, you guys know the spiel. Chris hates American Kit Kats, and our friend Jario sends us candy from all over the world to review. This candy is the mini, I wish I could read it. It looks like it says Introp, um, from Israel. Oh, my God, it's a wafer. It's a wafer. It's a wafer. It's like the inverse. There used to be these cookies you could buy, and you would buy them 
Oh my god, all the stacked up. So there'd be a big, a big square of them, and you could, and it was made up of little squares, and they were wafer with chocolate in the middle. And this is the opposite. It's like oh. two squares, and each square is chocolate with wafer in the middle, like a. And it's like a single wafer, so it's not like a lot. It's not like a Kit Kat where it stacks a wafer. It's a single wafer. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the chocolate! The chocolate is so good. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's different than so last good. time because it's not. It's a really sweet chocolate. Oh, I meant to put this in our in our notes, and I forgot to do this, so I'm gonna do this now. Um, because I just remembered. Mm. Um, so it happened. Um, while I was out and sick. But very nicely, very kind, because they are just super sweet people. Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained used their big old platform to promote uh, shows with queer content creators. And you don't know, I'm queer. Hi. Um, And I just wanted to say thank you, Alex and Molly. That was very sweet. Thank you for showcasing our show and your list. Thank you for promoting our show. Thank you for using your platform to promote... uh, our, our, like shows like ours and stuff like that. It really means a lot to us. It really means a lot to me personally. You guys are super sweet. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Like we, I, I really appreciated that. That was a very sweet thing to like wake up to and just being like, oh my god, Alex and Molly, that's so nice. <laughs> um, so like really, thank you guys so much. I really, yeah, really appreciate it. A lot to me. Yeah, oh, I sure appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We really do. Thank you so much. Mm. Oh my god, I'm gonna eat this whole fucking thing. Oh, oh this mine's gone. Mm. Gone down into my belly. Oh my god, this chocolate is so good. This chocolate is amazing. Oh, by the way, Hope, on Facebook, I've sent you a new picture of, of my cat Bernice in her new wig. She has a wig? Oh my it's god. A, oh, 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 Hope, i got to find all the other pictures. There, Yeah, Bernice has at least three wigs, three or four wigs now. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Stop the podcast. Wigs for cats. Oh my god! That's the share slash Kelly LeBrock don't hate me because I'm beautiful wig. That's one of the best wigs. That wig came out like like one of the best, but she she's very angry in that picture. I also got her. I also got her. Speaking of angry cats, I got her cat harness. I'm gonna try to take her out for walks. You know that. I will say from experience with Zab, get her used to wearing it inside first. Don't like, like put her on it and take her outside. She'll freak out. Like you want to get her used to it inside first. She flipped out. Yeah, she flipped. It's that. It's too late. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I did, and that's exactly how it ended up. So yeah, okay. That's just like walk her around the house with it, or just let her like wear it around the house, or like first well, of all, it's like got just a put leash, it- just a t- like a bungee leech leash attached right to it. I'll see if I can take what, it off. What I will say first is um, start by like putting it in places where she just normally sleeps, so she gets used to it and it gets her smell on it, and yeah. then just like put it on her for a little few minutes a day, make the time more, um, let her get you more and more used to it, and so when to where she can actually wear it for long periods of time you want to go slowly with it and then start trying to get her outside um i will say because this picture is so dang cute you might have to put it into the episode artwork so there is a there's a another painting of her in a in a more like redhead sort of wig that's getting made that uh turned out so cute that one of our her friends is going to make it into a painting 
Mm. So that's that's coming soon. Well, oh, yeah. that's all I have for War Mantle. Did you have anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Well, where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at tutufreaks.com. That is our podcast. It's where we have all of our all of our podcasts of all different nerdy types. Um, you can also see what we're up to at Two True Freaks Podcast at Facebook or the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is our like Facebook hangout group. Group, and you can also find us on the Vile and Scabrious Twitter, run by the brave and valorous Gene Gene the Valor Machine. Gene Gene. The dollar machine. I was trying to do like a Gene voice. Yes, he's. A, he, uh, I'll I'll give you a little bit of reverb there just to punch it up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's where that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at Jacob Guys and Dead on Twitter. That is our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Mullinax on Twitter. I also write for the Geeky Waffle. I actually just did a post. I'm actually really super proud of talking about um, how the Mitchells versus the Machines excelled at queer storytelling. I worked really hard on the article. Um, I'm very proud of it. Please go check it out. I will also say, um, I talked with Arz, uh, Arzu actually talked to me about it. So throughout season one of Bad Batch, she was doing the Bad Batch recaps every week. I'm going to be doing the Bad Batch recaps in the fall. So I'm very excited about that to be able to talk about my boys in Omega every week coming this fall. So uh, stay tuned for the Geeky Waffle for that because I will be writing those. Um, and you can also, I've also been on other uh, Geeky Waffle shows. I've been on Space Waffles, which is our Zeus Star Wars show. I've been on Straight Out of Home Video. I'm going to be on Bookmark and Busy coming up, which is a fan fiction podcast. And like I mentioned earlier, it should be out by now. But I'm going to be on Gold Squadron Gaze as well to talk about Kenobi tomorrow with Charles and Bradley. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm bound I'm, I'm definitely, like, uh, getting up to date because I was actually scheduled to be on a couple podcasts, and then I got COVID. So, like I, like I said, I'm going to be on Ali's show talking about Amphibia. Um, I, I That's her YouTube, I think it is, because last time we did it, it was on YouTube. Um, so I'm going to be talking about Amphibia with Ali because we're each other's reigning champions. So <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah, so... All right, Chris, next week we're doing the first part of the finale. I'm actually really excited to see this finale again. I've only seen the finale once, so I'm actually really excited to get into Yeah, this. so have I. So I am too. But, yeah, so come back next week, and we're going to be talking about Return to Camino. Brief mm. return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye, everybody. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search 
two true freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids. Good night. We're off? Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards.